We are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? I am so excited to be back in the building today. We have such a fun show. We will be breaking down all of the NBA playoff series and, of course, talking some NFL drafts. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Always ready, Coop. Always. This is going to be such a fun show. I'm so excited to talk about how things are going so well for the Dallas Mavericks, for my draft preview. Webb, are you ready to admit that my mock draft killed your mock draft? Are you ready to admit it? Are we talking about the 2022 NFL mock drafts for the first round that we both did? That is what we're talking about, yes. Coop, are you forgetting who got five picks that were aligned with five actual picks in the first round? What I'm remembering is I had Green Bay trade up to pick six to get a receiver. And Green Bay got no receiver in round one. So therefore, my mock draft is better than your mock draft because I had them doing something smart. You did not. It's so facto. My mock trip kills yours. It kills it. Cool, man. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I, I hit the nail on the head with, uh, some of my picks there. Although my intention was not to predict who they were going to pick. My intention was to predict who or what position or which player would, uh, they should go with. And I aligned with the GMs. What can I say? You are a pathetic human being, and I cannot believe you're trying to make that excuse right now. I did a mock draft of what teams should do. Webb did a mock draft of what they would do, and then tried to gaslight me into saying that was the exercise the whole time. Webb is a notorious gaslighter, and it's 2022. I think we should cancel him. That's what I think should happen right now. Oh, Coop. I feel so sorry for you. (laughs) Let's get into the NBA playoffs, Webb. We'll talk draft at the end. We took a little, we took a little time off. It was a busy week for me last week. I appreciate you just podcasting by yourself for nobody. But now we're back. Let's start in the East, Webb, in a series that I think has gone a little bit different than we had thought. Miami versus Philadelphia. The series is tied 2-2. Joel Embiid was out for a little while. We thought he was going to miss maybe the entire series with a broken orbital bone. He came back. James Harden put up 31 points in Game 4. What do you think is going to happen with the rest of this series? Yeah, it's been a very fun series, at least in in Games 3 and 4, because Embiid was back. Um, Lowry's been in and out of the lineup. He's not supposed to be in Game 5 with the, the same hamstring injury. Uh, for the next three games, because it's the best of three series now, I'm going to go with uh, Miami to win. It probably goes to game seven. Should be excited. exciting. Jimmy Butler is playoff Jimmy's a real thing, and he's, he's killing it. Absolutely killing it. And um, I can't wait to see the rest of this series. Playoff Jimmy is very, very fun. I, just, I think playoff Embiid is too much for the Heat to handle. They don't have enough size inside. Like, Bam is incredible, but I just think Embiid's too big. Harden needs... I thought Embiid might need Harden. It seems like Harden needs Embiid to play well. Harden is a great second fiddle in this organization. I think Philly gets it in six. I think they're going to win the next two games with no Lowry tonight. Or, sorry, in game five. All right, we'll see. You know, the announcers were going crazy about... James Harden's performance, I think he had 31, 9, and 7. And I was like, isn't that what he put up in Houston all the time? Like, I didn't find his his performance to be that incredible. 
it seemed like typical Harden from like a couple of years ago. Even in Brooklyn, he was putting up big numbers. So I wasn't that impressed with Harden. Um, you can't go from like trash to, you know, what you expect and then expect me to, to be impressed by that. Um, he did the, he did the minimum, I think, especially after he was so bad. But I think, I think Jimmy's going to be a lot. And I think that, uh, I, I think that Bam's going to start to take over this series and then beat. And beat has been good, but you can see he's affected. Like he's living at the line really in this series. He's he's played good on the played well on the, the, the defensive end, but Tyrese Maxey's played really well also and, and Tobias Harris um has been solid uh as well. So uh the teams looked really good. Miami's shooting hasn't been that great lately. I don't think players should be allowed to wear those masks. I think they look stupid. Just get better. Oh, the the Batman mask? It is awful. It looks so terrible. At least the clear one was okay. This one is awful. We're a clear one like Rip Hamilton used to. <laughs> well, LeBron you? brought it in, and they weren't going to tell LeBron anything, obviously, because it's LeBron. So now... <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you think James Harden looks good for the next two games? Miami wins, and then he says, hey, I played well. Give me $250 million. Is that his plan? Probably. Um and I again, I don't think he looked good. I think he looked he looked fine. He's what he looked, This is what he was putting up in Houston for years. Like this, this was a, an average night for him. Does he have? Does Philly give him the money? Um, probably. Oh, that's a, that's a mistake. Uh, yeah, it is. Especially he's not twenty eight years old. He's going to be like thirty three this year. Okay, I have a question for you about Miami. Why isn't Duncan Robinson playing? He's arguably their best shooter. I don't understand this. I, I get they don't, that he's not a good defender, but they can't give him any minutes. This seems crazy to me. Gabe Vincent is shooting not great. He was 0 for 4 from 3. He couldn't have some of those minutes? I don't get it. He's not very good. He wasn't good this year. <laughs> they don't trust him. They gave him $90 million last year. Yeah, and it was a bad contract when they gave it to him. It was stupid. I loved seeing it because I knew it was going to backfire in like 8 minutes. And it backfired yeah. in 8 minutes. It was not good. Yeah, but, he's not good. Even in the role that he's supposed to have as a shooter off screens, he's not that good. He's not even consistent doing what he's supposed to do. I mean, I wouldn't trust him. He could shoot 0 for 4 like Gabe Vincent did last night. You could do that. And he has done that. <laughs> he's played, I think, zero minutes the last three games. It's crazy to me. I don't get it. Good. <laughs> they need to trade him. All right, Webb. Let's move on to the Milwaukee Bucks versus Boston Celtics. Boston tied the series up 2-2 last night. Al Horford is Al Horford from 2012, apparently. They were able to get Giannis tired. Are you surprised Boston was able to even this series up? Uh, not really, because Milwaukee's missing like one of the best players in Chris Middleton. Um, even though Robert Williams didn't play last night, like Chris Middleton is done for this series, and who knows how long it would take him to come back. But uh, Al Horford... You know, and, and Cooper, I was saying it before, like, they're giving Jason Tatum all this credit. Al Horford's really the guy in the perimeter in, in the paint. Him and Robert Williams, that should be getting that credit. Like, he was one of the, he was in the top 10 for defensive player of the year. Like, I think Al Horford deciding when it happened was a fantastic uh, move, getting, or the, the trade to reacquire him. I think that was great. And, um, him and Giannis got into it a little bit. Giannis dunked near him. Was talking a little smack, and then he got teed up, which I hate. I think is so stupid. 
And then Al Horvath came back with a dunk and was talking smack right back to him. So I like that little um, little rivalry they have going on right now. Um, but it was a good game. Horford's doing an incredible job defending Giannis, by the way. Against uh, Horford, Giannis is shooting 35%. Against everyone else on the Celtics, he's shooting over 50%. Pretty impressive. Doesn't get the praise, though. Do you remember what the trade was for Bo- that Boston did to get Horford back? I think they traded, I want to say they traded, was it Moses Brown, was it? It was Kemba, Kemba Walker, and they got back Al Horford and the 16th pick in the draft. Oh, yes, that's perfect. This was a great trade for Boston. Yeah. They got Kemba out of there, who was bad and hurt. They got the 16th pick and Al Horford, who's really good again. Yeah. Again, Sam Presti should be fired. I don't know why he still has a job. It's ridiculous. He's not a good GM. He's because a there's player. always hope. There's always hope with him. Idiots. Idiots. <laughs> I was talking to our mutual friend today, and I was like, these idiots who think that stockpiling draft picks is a solution or some sort of semblance of hope need to realize that the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers went to the finals for four consecutive years. It does not matter how many picks you stockpile. It doesn't make your chances to go to a championship any better. You need to win with proven talent, acquire players who are already in the league that are good, instead of this pipe dream with prospects. I can't wait until I just I'm just waiting to hear. It makes no sense that Sam Presti has a job, and at least in OKC, he should not be a gym. He should be a scout <laughs> or a consultant. I, I think in OKC it makes sense he has a job. They can't get him to sign there. They can't get people to sign there. No one's going to OKC. Right, but then you draft, you build with homegrown talent. Look at Memphis. What are you trying who's, to do? Who, who's what signing trying Memphis? To do? No, but he trades them after their rookie contract. I mean, he gets them, though. He gets the rookies that are good. Then he gets rid of them, gets more picks. Yeah. It's a never-ending cycle. He's a genius. <laughs> and picks mean nothing. Look at the teams that win. Golden State's the only team that's won with homegrown talent, really. Or maybe, maybe Milwaukee, somewhat. But even even then, they had a lot of players that they acquired. Milwaukee drafted Giannis and Chris Middleton. Right. But they traded. it wasn't until they traded for Drew Holiday that they got really good. Phoenix drafted Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. But it wasn't until they brought in Chris Paul that they got got really good. And they drafted Bridges, too. Exactly. They're doing some good stuff. But But Phoenix wasn't, you know, tanking for years and years trying to stockpile a bunch of picks like OKC is doing. Devin Booker just couldn't win by himself. That's make, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> you're When you're right, you're right. Hey, man. Booker's top 15. Tell me I'm wrong. 31 points in the first half. Didn't even play it. Uh, what was that? In the first round against New Orleans? Incredible player. It's one way to look at it, I guess. Sorry he doesn't have Al Horford and Marcus Smart Defensive Player of the Year candidates and Jalen Brown and Robert Williams the third, and Grant Williams, and all these players that make you look really good on the defensive end. Are you still trying to say you would take Devin Booker over Jason Tatum? One hundred percent. What is Jason? I, what has Jason Tatum done? Honestly, you said he's you said he's the next KD. I the did not say he's the next KD. Sorry, you said he's taking over from KD as the the next great, the best two way player. Yes. All right, we'll see. We'll see. I think I think I said Kawhi. Maybe even even that's. Ridiculous. <laughs> Kawhi or Katie, whoever it is you said, ridiculous. 
Who wins the title first, Devin Booker or Jason Tatum? Uh, Devin Booker. On Phoenix, at least, on that team. Okay. I guess we'll find out. I mean, Booker got traded to, like, I don't know, OKC. No, Booker's not going to win. <laughs> but- I would love that so much. <laughs> oh, that'd be perfect for me. I would enjoy that very much. That'd be terrible. Okay, so do you think Milwaukee wins this series, or does Boston win this series? Uh, it's hard to say, man. Boston has the home court advantage back since they won yesterday's game. Uh, I really don't know. I'm going to go with Milwaukee, but I don't feel that good about it. They're down a man. It's really hard, man. But I'll, I'll, I'll go with Milwaukee. I think we've seen that Boston is clearly the better team, but Giannis is clearly the best player in the series, and it's not that close. Yeah. Giannis is a force of nature. I, I saw this argument. Is he the most physical Physically dominant player since Shaq, I think he might be. He might be. He might be. I just, I think Milwaukee probably gets the series just because Giannis is a champion. He's not going to go down like this, but Udoka is a great coach, great wife, and Boston's <laughs> a really good team. It's a really good team. Yeah. I, I mean, Milwaukee is showing they can go into Boston and win, so I'm not really worried about that. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I think Giannis gets this done. I hope he does, because I still hate the city of Boston. Hey, man, I'm a, I'm a Laker fan, and I would love nothing more than to see the Celtics lose. Really, really quickly, did you see Fox Sports is giving that cheater Tom Brady 10 years and $375 million to be an announcer? Yeah. Man, That's he more... must be an excellent blackmailer. There's got to be something he's doing. <laughs> he's getting more money from that contract than the money he's earned as a, as a football player. Like through contract. Are we sure he's going to be a good announcer? Because I don't think no. he's going to be good. Have we heard Tom Brady speak for long periods of time? Like, I know he has little sound bites and stuff that are entertaining, but can he deliver analysis? Does he have a good presence on TV? Like, it's cool when he's doing the little stuff, like in his house, the little interviews and the little uh, um, uh, videos, but it's different when you're an analyst surrounded by other analysts. You have to have that that presence there on TV. I don't know if Brady has that. Can he criticize players? I don't know if he could do that either. I'm not sure that he's capable of being that guy on television. Yeah, he's very diplomatic. And this isn't like a, I hate Tom Brady. He shouldn't get this job. This is, I don't think he'll be good at this job. Like Tony I, Romo is excellent at the job. I don't think Tom Brady will be this same kind of guy. I don't see it. Yeah. And I think, Fox was just happy to land Brady. So that's just probably for the ratings. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I'm trying to remember. I'm mixing up Fox. The, the Fox studio and CBS studio. Do you um, ever care about that, by the way? Who's announcing the game? Because I never care about that at all. Uh, yeah. Like, it won't change whether I'm going to watch the game. But um, certain announcers I do like a little bit more. Like, I like Joe Buck. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if the 49ers are playing the Rams... And Brady's announcing, I'm going to watch the game. Yeah, yeah. If Brady's not announcing, I'm still going to watch that yeah. game. I don't care. It doesn't the affect. Teams more than, exactly. Yeah, no. I just, yeah, I don't get it. It seems like a gigantic overspeak. He's getting double what Tony Romo gets. It's crazy to me. Yeah. He, was a, he was a much bigger name. So. But Tony Romo was actually good at his job. He got the contract after he did it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think Fox you. is happy that Tom Brady's... On their network, garbage. Okay, let's go to the let's go to the West playoff series. Let's start with 
your favorite player, Devin Booker's epic collapse against the Dallas Mavericks. They were up 2-0. Dallas stormed back, won the last two games. Luka Doncic is magic. Jalen Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith. Webb, how shocked are you that Dallas came back and won these last two games to tie the series up? So I was I was shocked that they won game three. After I saw them win game three, game four didn't shock me because Chris Paul's looked like trash this series. Um, DeAndre Ayton is proof that you don't need to pay a big man on a rookie contract, and James Jones was a genius for not paying him. Absolute genius. You can find DeAndre Ayton in another draft. Um, and the bench, campaign and Cam Johnson, like, eh, they haven't looked that good this series. Um, and Jason Kidd's a fantastic coach. I didn't give him his props before. Like, he has, he's a really, uh, defensive minded coach and he brought the best out of, out of these guys. He's gotten better. We were right to criticize him before. He has gotten better at coaching for sure. But I mean, he's, he, I think wherever he's been, he's always done a solid job. Like he did Maybe a solid though. job in Milwaukee. Yeah, Giannis, Giannis talked him up a lot. Giannis really liked him as a coach. And in Brooklyn, um, he was solid. Like he always made the playoffs. I think all the teams that he had. I think he's gotten considerably better as a coach than he was. I agree before. with that. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't really have a star. Like Giannis wasn't this. Wasn't Luca when Jason Kidd had him? Right. Right. No, but I like just, even. He didn't have a star in the Utah series for the first three games. Jalen Brunson would punch you in the mouth right now if you heard you say that about him. <laughs> I can't wait for someone to overpay Jalen Brunson. Oh, I can't wait. He's getting $100 million for sure. At least. <laughs> He's yeah, getting I, a lot of money. I love Jalen Brunson. He is so good. I love him. He's great. Hey, Coop, I like him too. I think he's really good. And he's done a great job this year. But a team's going to make a mistake in overpaying. I loved him coming out of Villanova. They won the title. I didn't understand why he fell the round two. I was like, this is stupid. He's a good basketball player. And he just keeps getting better and better. I love this kid. He's great. He's good. Dorian Finney-Smith is a pest. I don't really like him that much, but he'd be great to have on my my team, on, 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 on a favorite team. Reggie Bullock, I like him. Uh, Maxi Cleaver does a little stuff. It's not as bad of a team as I thought. I think what's happened is they're they're all understanding their role better in the playoffs. They're just being told, like, you have to do exactly this, and they're doing exactly that, and it's working, which I really appreciate. Yeah. They're getting good minutes from from Bertans. No one saw that coming. Nobody. Does Dallas have a chance to win this series? Small chance. So... Chris Paul was awful in game three. And then in game four, he fouled out pretty early. He had five the... fouls at the beginning of the third. Yeah. Did you see the Phoenix fans furious that Luca kind of acted it up when Chris Paul, Chris Paul fouled him to get him out of there? Uh, I don't think so. I know he got into it with a fan like at the end of the game. but So Luca was acting a little bit to get Chris Paul's fouls up, right? And the Phoenix fans were furious. And I was like, that's what Chris Paul does to everybody. How are you mad about this? Luca just Chris Pauled Chris Paul. Got a game recognized yeah. game. You gotta you gotta respect it. <laughs> you know who did that as well in the last series? Uh uh what's his name? Um the guy who got the big con who got the contract for is it Navarro on New Orleans? Oh Alvarado, yeah. Alvarado. Navarro. Yeah. Jose Alvarado. He um he, he was doing Chris, Chris Paul. Yeah. <laughs> He got Chris Paul real bad. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Chris Paul's looked pretty bad. You should say that Chris Paul's family was harassed in the crowd, apparently. Yeah. I've seen different reports that it was just fans trying to hug them or something. Which they uh, probably shouldn't be doing anyway. Oh, a million percent. I was supposed to say. But I've, I've seen reports that it was hugging. And I've seen reports that they were trying to hit. Yeah. So I'm not sure it. which, which one is true. Uh, for anything, don't bother people's families, anybody in the audience. Don't talk to anybody. Stick to your people. Leave everybody else alone. It's not hard to do. Yeah. Uh, they should, they only got banned till 2023. Ban them forever. Never let them come back. You can't I, do that uh, stuff. Yeah. It was interesting. And, and Chris Paul tweeted out like, you know, I'm not going to say exactly what he said. One, because they were swearing in it, and two, I don't remember all of it. But he said something to the effect of, you know, you want to find the players for saying things to the fans, but the fans can put, your, put their hands on, on, on their families or whatever. And I think there's a really interesting double standard. Like, the fans get off scot-free while the players get, like, a public embarrassment and, 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 and fining or getting fined for interacting with the fans. I mean, the double standard exists because the players are getting paid millions of dollars and the fans paid to get in the building. It's a, yeah, different, but, it's a different dynamic. Yeah, but neither party has the right to say anything to the other. To the other. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid millions of dollars. You uh, Paying for a ticket doesn't mean you get to talk smack to another player. You don't have any more right than the player does. Well, I think fans have a definite right to talk smack to players. You can't say like really foul things, but you can insult them for sure. Well, then the players can do it right back. It's not built into the it's not built into the ticket that you're allowed to do that. Well, I have no problem. The, with the fans, can, the, the players can talk back to I like that too. I don't care about that. Yeah, but when the fan the fans swear at the players, it's fine. But the players swear at the fans and they get fined. The fans yeah. give the middle finger to the players, it's fine. The, Kyrie gives the middle finger to the fans and he gets fined. That's not fair. They are held to a higher standard because of what they're getting paid. But I think it's cool. I have no problem with a player yelling at a fan if the fan yells at them. I have no problem with that at all. I enjoyed Kyrie giving them the finger. I really did. Yeah. I like that too because it was in Boston. But Yeah. The fans were talking smack to Kyrie, and Kyrie gave them all the finger. And I was like, good for you, Kyrie. It's the first thing you've done I've ever liked. Yeah. But Kyrie gets fined like 50K, and the fans get what? I don't think those fans got banned. Or anything. That's yeah, not I'm okay fair. with that. I'm okay with that, actually. I think fans are allowed to talk trash. And the players can say things back. They just can't swear because they're mic'd up. But Kyrie... Well, to me, to me, that doesn't make sense. It's one thing if it's like physically touching someone. Where it's like, yeah, if a fan hits you, a player who's, what, 6'2", 6'3", like Kyrie, or someone who's 6'10", 6'11", like, or 7 feet, so let's say like KD, um... That shouldn't be allowed because obviously there's a there's a disparity in the in the size and the strength. But like verbally, I don't think players should get fined like that if the fans aren't getting something that's proportionate to 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 what they've done. Not to different. It's a different. It's a different dynamic. Fans can but say why? stuff because they're paying. They're paying to be in the building. Right. Players are being paid to be there. Right. So they have to be at the best behavior. But neither party is getting is. Um, permitted to to swear at the other like you're not you're being paid to be to spectate but you're not being paid to swear at a player like that's not one of the things you're paying for you, you're not getting that you, right to you kind of are i don't do it but you kind of are paying that to do that well then the player well then the player is allowed to engage with the fans as well the players at work if i was at work and someone swore at me you know they should get in trouble i we should both get in trouble like it it it, it, it shouldn't be one-sided 
I have sworn get... at you at work numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just don't think that's fair. Typical web, being a crybaby. Okay, uh, Luka Doncic versus Devin Booker. Who's better right now? Who's better right now? Yeah. Uh, I would take so if I needed if I needed a last minute basket if I needed some, I don't know I don't know who's better, but if I if I if it was uh like I don't know last second shot I'm giving it to Booker. Um, I think Luca's more, you know, well rounded in terms of he's he could get you um more rebounds, probably more assists. You're ridiculous. I think Devin just Booker's. say Luca's better. Just say Luca's better. The fact it's hard you're to trying me. to justify is insane. It's hard for me because I, I think okay. Look at the team Luca's on. Like he's gonna shine. Like I don't know if I don't think Phoenix is a better team if Luca's on it. I'll say that over Booker and Booker gone. That's what I mean. You're wrong. Okay. Uh, he can't shoot. Luca can shoot. He can't shoot. He can't hit his free throws. His threes are like he he takes a bunch of threes. So like, I mean, he hits the step back three. Yeah, but I wouldn't depend on it. I definitely give Booker this ball more than him. Hundred percent. Okay. I know. You're, I, I know you're looking up stats right now to try and justify what. No, I. I you said he hits the setback three, and he was terrible shooting the three last game. He was one he for ten hit three. Eh, sometimes. He but can hit he the is three. a better playmaker, better rebounder. He's better at basketball than Devin Booker is. He's just better. I don't know. I don't know. And the I, fact I that you refuse that. to say that makes me realize that your Devin Booker standness is at an all time high right now. I think. I think Luka Doncic is on a team that. Where he has the keys, and he can put up much better stats than Devin Booker. Devin Booker's on a team that's more well-rounded. Wait, before two years ago, Devin Booker's team was not good. He could do whatever he wanted, and he wasn't doing what Luca's doing. Yeah, I and can, that's I can winning. Say the same thing. That's I can say winning. The same, I can say the same thing about about. Okay, I can say the same thing about Luca Doncic, except Luca had Chris Stapps. That's a negative. <laughs> no, it's not. I think if you take if you take uh, Chris Paul off the Phoenix Suns this year, they still make the playoffs. They're just nowhere near as good. Okay. You want to lie to yourself? Sure. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think Luke is putting up better numbers. I don't know if I'm taking him over Devin Booker. That's all I'm saying. I, you're a liar. You're, you're a disgrace. But, yeah. but, but, but I'll say this. Luca had definitely had the better season this year than, than Booker for sure. Let's move on to a really fun series, Golden State versus Memphis. <laughs> Golden State's winning three to one right now. It came out right before we started recording that John Morant is likely out for the playoffs with a bone bruise. He will not be returning. This series has been, uh, I want to say physical to say the least. Draymond got kicked out of a game. Gary Payton's elbow got broken by Dylan Brooks. It's been pretty violent, but some really fun games. Have you enjoyed this series and what do you think happens going forward? Yeah, it's been really fun. Steph Curry has not looked good, in my opinion. Uh, losing, losing GP2 was, was a big loss. Obviously, Memphis losing John Morant's a big loss. Um, Clay, Clay looked good some, ga- some days, some days he didn't look so good. Uh, I think Andrew Wiggins had a pretty good series all around. Jordan Poole's looked great. Um, I think it's been fun. It's been chippy. It's been fun. Gritty. I think without Ja, this series is over. I don't think it goes to six. I think Golden State ends this. Tomorrow night, but Memphis yeah. has a lot of pieces. Pardon? I was gonna say Memphis almost won that game last night. I think I I don't think the loss, I don't think losing Jaw is as impactful as losing a star on other teams. Like Memphis is pretty loaded. Memphis was twenty and five without Jaw this season, so they're no, they're good. And I they're just a better think, defensive team without him too. Like they could have won that game last night, 
and they let it fall through the cracks. They should have won. They blew it. Without Jaw again, I think they're just going to be cooked. They're going to have... They know it's over. They know without Jaw they can't win the title. I think they just think it's over now. It's done. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know if I, I, don't know if I said this recently, but Golden State's going to go as far as Draymond takes them. They were really bad without him on the court this year. They were under 500, and I think they're such a well-built, well-built team. Like I, I mean, I like Steph Curry, but I think I, he's, he's either still injured, something's up. And he's been up and down this whole year. He does not look good. I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's injury. I don't know what it is, but they have such a well-built team with Jordan Poole, Gary Payton, who was playing well before, uh, and, and the role players, Otto Porter, um, Andrew Wiggins has played well on both sides. I think I, I, this is, this is why they were my pick for the finals. Still have them going to the finals. But it, it, it begins and ends with Draymond. Like, if Draymond's getting kicked out of the game, so he's fouling out, they're in serious trouble. If he's on the court, they're good. I think you're probably right there. I think they're likely to come out of the West now. I think that they're better than Phoenix and Dallas as of right now. I think they are. But, man, I don't like Draymond Green. He just bothers me. Like, he really bothers me a lot. I like Draymond. Look at, but look at what happened. Draymond kicks LeBron in his balls. And Cleveland wins the series, swings the whole momentum. He's he's frustrating because he does stupid stuff, but he's also great because he does so many things on on, on that team, on offense and defense. Yeah, no, he's a great player. He just personally bothers me. Uh, um. Also, John Morant said after uh, the injury, after he got hurt, that this, the play that hurt him was so out of bounds. Did that seem like a dirty play to you? Because it did not seem like a dirty play to me at all. Seemed totally normal. So I, I think, like Steve Kerr also said, um, oh no, that's sorry, that was for the Dylan Brooks injury. Yeah, said uh, against the code or something like that. Yeah, was the wording. I think I think the uh, Jordan Poole, John Morant thing. I agree, you shouldn't be touching, grabbing a player's knee. Kind of a cheap shot, but it, I don't know if it was as bad as the result. I don't think you should be grabbing the player's knee. No, like I, like when I play ball or when I play against people, I, I'm not grabbing anything like that. You grab the jersey, you grab the shorts or something like that. Grab someone's hand, but you're not, you're not grabbing someone's knee. So I, I do think that was kind of out of balance, but I don't think he should be as vilified as, as, as they're making it seem like that wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I think he was reaching for the ball and then hit the knee as he was coming back because he couldn't get the ball. I don't think he meant to go for the knee. I don't think I don't he think, did. I, I don't think so either, but and if he did, I don't think he meant to injure him. But I've seen, yeah, I've seen way worse. I think John Morant knows this is over and wants an excuse to get out. Now it's, oh, my knee hurts. I'm good. It's a bone bruise. Man up already. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, but Jaw's game, Jaw's, Jaw being on the court, having a bone bruise, doesn't even make sense. He would look terrible. I remember we, we said that Zion's going to have a short career, and Jaw Moran might have a short career. Is he the new yeah. Derrick Rose? I think I, didn't, didn't I say that a few months ago? His trajectory is, was it Derrick? No, maybe, maybe it was Kyler Murray. It was someone that I was talking about, sorry. <laughs> I just, no, 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 it was Saquon, so ex- Saquon. I called Saquon oh. the new Derrick Rose. He's so explosive. And it seems like this is not going to end well for Ja. And I hope it does because he's so much fun. But I just think if that took you out, it's going to be bad going forward. You're only going to get more hurt going forward. Yeah, we'll see. They're going to pay him a lot of money. So we'll see what happens. But Unlike um, Zion, he deserves it. 
He deserves it for sure. Uh, they're going to pay I think they're going to pay Zion, honestly. Did you see the Zion quote? It was amazing. Which one? With David Griffin? Uh, they asked him about signing the extension. He goes, I would rush to do it. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then and then I think David Griffin said something like, uh, well, that's, that's going to warrant a discussion, or we're going to have to talk about it, or it's not that easy. And I was like, good for you, David Griffin. Stick to your guns. I mean, I guess we'll see, but... Do not pay him. Never pay him. That's the worst thing you could do, for sure. But David Griffin's a good GM. So I I think someone's going to pay Zion, but it's, they're probably going to trade him. They have to. Someone's I don't think gonna they're going to trade him. I think they're going to pay him. And I think it's going to be a gigantic mistake. I think I could see I could see them trading him to New York or one of those trash teams. Maybe, but would you want him? Like, no. New York would have to give R.J. Barrett up and maybe Julius Randle. Like, would you want to make that deal? I would not want to make that deal if I was New York. I'm not a huge Barrett fan, but I'm not trading him for Zion. Even straight up, I'm not doing it. Honestly. Yeah, I'm not either. I know Barrett will play. Yeah. <laughs> Zion's a mess. Zion is a mess. I would it's not that, want anything to do with him. It's that simple. All right, Webb. Let's move on to the NFL draft recap we did not do last week. It is fully in the books. Some teams got better. Some teams undoubtedly got worse. Webb, what was your – what picks did you like in round one? We'll start there with the big name guys. What 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 did you see that you liked a lot? Are we including the, the picks that I nailed, or uh, just wondering? <laughs> Not trying to pat myself on the back, man. Like, we we were. I was talking to a mutual friend of ours as well, and I was like, "Webb is such a dirtbag." He cha- We did the exercise, and then he changed what it was immediately after, taking credit for something that we didn't try and do. But I, but I did say that in the podcast. I did say that wasn't my intention. It worked out that way. How can you take credit for something that we didn't try to do? So, no, no, no. I'm just saying, okay, so my intention with the mock draft was, it wasn't a prediction. It was just, just stating who should go where based on my criteria for fit, uh, best player available, whatever. I'm just saying that it happened to align with who they chose. So different intentions. I didn't predict that the guys would go there. I'm just saying I like the fact that the GMs were also thinking, hey, this is probably who, should, who we should go with. I had the Giants taking two offensive linemen and pick five and seven. If we were going to try and take credit for this, I wouldn't have done that. And Webb is a dirtbag, and he knew I wouldn't do that. So after the fact, he changed the rules like a dirtbag, because that's what <laughs> Webb does. He can't <laughs> I, win, he cheats. I didn't, Webb, I didn't Bayless, change the rules. Brady the third. <laughs> I didn't change rules. I, I'm not even trying to take credit and say like I predicted this. I my my picks were not predictions; they were just assessments of the teams and 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 what I, where I thought teams should go. It just happened to overlap with some of the selections in the in the first round. So sorry, listeners. I'm not taking credit for it. I'm just saying it's interesting that there was a meeting of the minds and. <laughs> who the GMs thought they should take and who I or who the GMs took and who I thought the GMs should take. There was a little bit of overlap. That's it. It it, it happens to everyone. Maybe not in the first ten picks, five out of ten. I don't know. But it happens. But Coop is right. The intention wasn't there to predict anything. It wasn't. It really was not. Yeah, my mock, not ideal. 
I got a couple of picks right that was that shocked me. Zion Johnson to the Chargers, I got right. Felt pretty good about that one, which surprised me. Very good. And, and you know what? Neither of us got it right or wrong because that wasn't our intention. I mean, you got it more right than me, if we're being honest, though. <laughs> you did a, your mock did a great job in the first round for sure. You did a great job. All right, if you want, all right. for cheating. Uh, Web, what was your? <laughs> I, I'm usually, you're usually so negative about things you hate. So tell go against the grain and tell me something positive. What was the pick you'd liked in round one? Don't crush a guy's life mission to make the NFL and then say he was a mistake in round one. Say something <laughs> positive for the first time in your life, please. Thanks, Coop. Um, <clears throat> so I'll just go with, you know, who a lot of people liked, I think, uh, sauce, Ahmad Sauce Gardner to the Jets. Corner chose him because I thought that the Jets were a bad team, but their secondary was horrible. And I was surprised that Derek Stingley went number three. Um, and then it made a lot of sense to me that the Jets would, would, would take, would take sauce. They didn't make the mistake. They didn't try to be cute. I think sauce was probably on their board and probably the pick that they planned to take, but even more so a reason to take him. Um, thought it was good value. Really liked it. I think he fits in very well with the Jets, and um, you know now now Robert Salah is getting some some defensive players. I like it, man. The Jets had the best round one, I think, by far. Oh yeah, I, I loved Sauce Gardner at pick four. I have him going third. I love Garrett Wilson. He was my number two receiver, but I think he fits what the Jets want to do very well. And they got Jermaine Johnson at pick twenty six. They traded back up to get him. I had him going like twelfth. He's an elite player. I was shocked he kept falling. I think teams were kind of worried because he transferred school so many times, but the production last season was insane. The athletic traits are there. The Jets needed to get better at cornerback, wide receiver, and defensive end. And they got better at all three of those positions. And they're all key positions. I think they did a great job. Yeah. And I, I that's exactly what I have for my team needs for the Jets. Receiver, corner, and, and, and uh, edge. Edge defense and um, or pass rushing, and I had Garrett Wilson going to them at number ten. I just thought it made sense, uh, especially after I had Drake London going to the Falcons. Uh, I had Jermaine Johnson going to the Chiefs at twenty-eight, I believe, or twenty-nine. I don't remember where the Chiefs were originally. The Chiefs, the Chiefs traded up or they traded out or the round. I can't remember, but I had them going to the Chiefs. Uh, you had the you had the Chiefs taking him at pick twenty-nine. Yeah, 29. So, so 26 wasn't that far off for me. Um, so I wasn't that surprised that he went there. I was surprised that the Jets tried to get another first round pick in the, in the first round after having two already. Is this, this, this year was, had, sorry, was the most time that teams had multiple picks, right? There were like eight or nine teams that had multiple eight picks. Eight teams in the first had round. multiple, eight teams had multiple picks. I can't remember a year like this. And good teams had multiple picks, which never happens. Yeah. I was very surprised. It was interesting. Um, I liked what Detroit did quite a bit. They took Aiden Hutchinson at pick two. They didn't rush it. Sorry, they did rush the pick in, but they didn't overthink it. They just took the guy that's the best player. And then trading up from pick 32 to 12 to get Jamison Williams, the fastest player in this draft class. Coming off an ACL tear, but those aren't what they used to be. And they basically gave up nothing to move up that far. 
No future first round pick. It was insane to me that Minnesota did this. It makes me question the general manager there. Like, is he bad at his job? Because they didn't do, like, they gave up pick 32, 36, and like 65 for 12 and 48 or something like that. Like, they moved up 20 spots and they only moved back like six in round two. Minnesota's GM might get fired. That was a terrible trade. But Jamison Williams, man, I think when they get a real quarterback in there that isn't Jared Goff, he's going to make some noise. I really like what they did in this draft. Yeah, I um, I like it too. I, I like what they did. Aiden Hutchinson fell to them. It's going to be interesting. That Trayvon Walker pick is going to be under a microscope, I think. Um, and like you said, uh, trading up to get Jamison Williams, not giving up a lot. I thought Detroit did did a decent job. I think they're going to be very competitive next year. Um, another another team that I liked, at least in the first round, um, was Baltimore. I thought Baltimore did it had a a good draft. Sorry, Coop, I still keep written notes, so uh, I'm just trying to see what I had for the Ravens. And you so, call me an old man? How dare you? I'm an old soul, Coop. I'm young. I'm an old soul. You're an old man. Uh, I had their position needs as uh, receiver, O-line, and uh, defensive tackle. And um, I know, you know, throughout the draft, they addressed that. Except for the receiver position, actually. They actually traded Hollywood Brown out. But they addressed the other um, positions and more. The secondary, obviously, getting Kyler Hamilton. And the O-line, getting Tyler Linden- Linderbaum in the first round. I thought very solid. Kyle Hamilton was one of my like five favorite players in this draft. I thought he was excellent. And Linderbaum is a really good center. I think they got great value. Getting a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown was amazing to me. I don't think anyone besides Arizona would have done that. So good for them. I Baltimore is just smarter than everybody. And like in round two and three, they took excellent players as well. Uh, we'll get to round. I'll talk about it now for a little bit. David Ajobo in round two would have been a first-round pick, but he tore his Achilles. Uh, at his pro day, they drafted, I think, the biggest player ever drafted, Daniel Falafe, uh, right tackle. I think he weighs 390 pounds. Like, they just keep getting gigantic people to play on their lines to run block for Lamar. Like, they're so good. They're so good at this. They got Travis Jones as well. Uh, some people had him as a first round pick. They got him in round three. Baltimore always kills these drafts, and they're just smarter than everybody else. They really are. Yeah, solid team. They're going to be competitive as always, barring injuries, because they've had some really bad luck with injuries over the past couple of years. Um, but I like that they that they um, improved the secondary. They had they had some some voids in the uh, or they had a void with the safety position, and they improved it. A lot with Kyle Hamilton. I love what Philly did. They got Jordan Davis at pick 13. It's going to be a monster. And they traded their second first round pick and got A.J. Brown, who is incredible at football, and gave him a new contract that Tennessee was refusing to do. They traded A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks. That is a win every day of the week. Like, Philly killed this first round. They also got Nicobe Dean in round three, who fell because of some injury concerns. I think on our pre-draft show, I said he was my favorite player in this draft. And he fell to round three. Philly cleaned up. I could not believe this. Like, I really like what Philly did in this draft. I like it a lot. I thought Philly was really good. I think they're a sneaky, like, Super Bowl contender, potentially. Honestly, I think they could they could get there. I don't know if they'd win the Super Bowl, but... 
I think they get they could get there. It wouldn't surprise me if they got there. They have the running game, the surrounding uh, Jalen Hurts with receivers now. The, the biggest the biggest uh, uh, hurdle would be Jalen Hurts. They have the tight end. They're getting better uh, with the, with the uh, the defense. They have a good O line. They got Cam Jurgens in the in the second round. Uh, they needed they needed a center to to replace Jason Kelsey. Have AJ Brown, like you said, they took a center last year in round two that I really liked. The number one guy last year. So the Cam Jurgens pick was kind of weird. I guess they're gonna move the guy from last year to guard. Yeah, I figured but- they'd do that. You said that Jalen Hurts is the biggest hurdle. That's a pretty goddamn big hurdle, Webb. No, but yes, but I'm assuming that he's going to improve this year. Like, remember, Lamar took a leap in his second year. Um, sometimes these guys take take leaps. I'm not saying he's going to be Lamar. I'm just saying he could be vastly improved next year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. They have all the pieces there. I like Jalen Hurts, but I think the things that are limiting him to be a great quarterback I'm not sure they ever get that much better. He's still completely winning football, but I think getting to a Super Bowl would be extremely difficult for a guy like him. I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not choosing them to go there. I, it just wouldn't shock me. I think I, 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 right now I see them winning the division, which I think can really help your chances. Wait, over MVP Dak Prescott? How is that possible, Webb? I think Dallas has some holes, man. It's not, is it it's in not Dak's Dallas. right shoulder? <laughs> Literally, yes, but not, uh, not figuratively. Um, but yeah, I agree with you on, on the Philly, um, praise. I thought they, they, they did a good job. That was a really good job. And the AJ Brown thing, like, shocked the hell out of me. No, no receiver is safe anymore, Coop. 100%. Expendable. Yeah. And they kind of should be. Yeah. Every year, there's five new ones coming in the draft that are going to be really good. Never pay one. Trade him to a team who will pay him and get the next guy immediately. That's what I would do. That's what you have to do, man. Look at the receivers. It seems we've seen so much receiver movement this year from like the top tier. Uh, and then if you look at the um, uh, who's a free agent, Julio Jones, uh, Odell, your boy, uh, Jarvis sure. Landry, yeah, a bunch of guys. Uh, Ty never top tier, but you would, you know. Ty was top tier for a while. It's crazy how good he was with Andrew Luck for like three years. Made no sense. Uh... I think he led the league in receiving one year. Really? I think he did. That would surprise me. With Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio? In yards. I think it was the most yards. Hmm. You could be right. That would just surprise me. I could be wrong because I just... I love T.Y. in a way that I shouldn't for how talented he was. <laughs> yeah, but I really like T.Y. Hilson, man. <laughs> like, I... Last year, he was bad, and I was like, come on, T.Y., just do it again. Bring him back. I don't, I don't care. I want him back. I don't care. He's good. Yeah, there's there's a lot of receivers that are on the, the wire. Like I I think we're seeing a shift. For sure. Guys are not, they're not coveted like they once were. Yeah. We're going to get to our favorite picks in rounds two through whatever, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you do what you do best. What pick in round one did you especially hate? Which one is it, Webb? I know you want to kill some team and get a general manager fired. Who is taking your heat today? I wouldn't say hate. Hated picks. There are three that I wasn't um, big on. Three picks that I wasn't big on. And again, it's not knocking the player. It's it, it's it's fit, team, um, position need, other players that were available. Okay. Kenny Pickett at number 20 to the Steelers. Wasn't a fan of that at all. Um, 
sorry, Green Bay. Quay Walker, I thought it was pronounced key, but Quay Walker, linebacker, uh, to the Green Bay Packers at number 22. It's not the player that I don't like. I just think that Green Bay could have gone another direction here. Uh, and they traded up to get him. Apparently, they wanted one of the six receivers, and they were all gone. So they were like, I guess we'll just take whoever's left now. And they yeah, didn't think even, these guys would go that early because they're stupid. Even even with that, I still don't know if he was the best player available or best player they should have taken there. Like I, I remember I was listening to the analysis from like Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. They were saying the same thing. Like the, the, That crop of receivers is gone. There's no point in reaching for a receiver you can get in the second round. So it would have been better value for them to hold on and wait until the second round and get another receiver. I just don't know if I liked Walker here for the Packers. And uh, Cole Strange, number 29 for the Packs. This is probably a popular one. A lot of people were scratching their head why he went this early, but then when they saw it went to the Pats, it wasn't as confusing because they make really head scratching moves for some reason in the draft. Uh, so those are the three that I didn't I didn't like. I liked the position that it addressed, but I think the Pats probably could have gone D back as a more glaring need, receiver as a more glaring need. Um, I just didn't think they need to go here. Kenny Pickett one's interesting because if you see it just him. He was the only quarterback taken in round one or round two. The next guy taken was round three, so it looks bad there. But I think people thought that, like, five quarterbacks would be gone before the middle of round two. So I don't kill it as much as you do. I I don't think he'll – I think I had him as my number four quarterback this year, so I don't love him. But I get why the Steelers did what they did. He's probably the most ready to play right now. I just don't know if they needed to take him then. Because if, if, you know, you could argue that if – Pickett didn't go. There wouldn't have been a quarterback selected in the first round, unless someone traded up and you know took him at the end or something. But or he was the only one head and shoulders above the other guys. So if they didn't take him there, someone else might have. Right? Like Maybe. he wasn't for me. But and they like the Pittsburgh Steelers practice in the same building as the Pittsburgh guys do, so they know yeah. him best. So I yeah, get they so like it... him. Makes sense. But yeah, I don't love the value there either. Yeah, and that's. And that's what was um, confusing for me because if you look, uh, I'm just trying to uh, familiarize myself again. The Steelers had the 20th pick in the second round, so that was 52 overall, and no quarterback went, like you said, until the third round after Kenny Pickett. Maybe someone would have traded up to try and get Kenny Pickett before that, but I don't know, man. I remember uh, Rappaport tweeting out Friday before the draft, before day two, expect quarterbacks to come off hot and heavy right now. And then no one went around to, and he just ignored that tweet like it never happened. <laughs> Stick uh, it to him, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do best. I I didn't love the Chris Olave pick to New Orleans at pick 11. I just like Jamison Williams better. I was, I was surprised they did that. But... Yeah, they traded up and they traded up again, right? It's kind of weird. I think they could have got better value. Cool. Yes. I'm going to interrupt you and say I, I absolutely love what New Orleans did this offseason. <laughs> you love this pick or just them in general? I kind of agree with you that it was a little high for Olave, number 11. Like, damn. Like, See, what it says to me is they wanted Garrett Wilson – and they traded up already. They're like, I guess we'll just take the next guy. And they didn't like, they just wanted a receiver. They didn't care which one. Yeah. 
And and is he going to be the best value in the first round? Who knows? Yeah, no. Maybe. Not. You know, you never know. Um, but I like what they did. I like what New Orleans did. Um, just in the offseason in general. I think I, I think they have a really strong defense. Uh, they have the potential to be um, really good on offense, especially with Olave and Trevor Penning. Um, I, I like what they've been doing, man. Okay. Let's move on to our favorite picks in the later rounds. In round two, what was your favorite pick? I'm going to tell you what mine wasn't. It was the Colts taking Alec Pierce at 53. <laughs> you know how I feel about white skill players? I was in a rage. Oh, no. I couldn't believe they did it. And then I was not surprised at all. Ooh, a Sorry, fast man. white guy? This is never going to work out. He's going to play four games this year. Just wait. i so mad. Furious. Right. My, my favorite pick? Probably would be Brees Hall to the Jets, and that's up, re- that's up there for me too, man. I love that pick. I thought it, I thought it was so obnoxious. Uh, Brees Hall has been was great, great prospect, and it wasn't even a pick that the Jets needed at this point, but it gives them so much, like so much more uh, 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 firepower, and just um, uh, uh, like a dynamic player in the backfield. And someone who can move the chains. I just love it. They drafted two Michael Carters last year. Um, but I don't think their backfield was strong enough. I really love what the Jets did in this draft. Uh, yeah, man. That was my, probably my favorite pick because I didn't expect him to go to New York. At least not to the Jets. Maybe another New York team. So I thought they would take a running back at the beginning of round two. Because Michael Carter is not a full-time running back. And Brees Hall is exactly what they needed. He fits that offense so well. I love that pick. Good choice, Web. Great choice. It's going to be great in that offense. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> so I have I have a tie for my favorite pick, and it's the pick directly before the Colts pick, and the pick directly after the Colts pick. Nice. At pick fifty-two, the Steelers took George Pickens from Georgia, an athletic freak. I think he could have been a first-round pick. If he wasn't injured last season and Pittsburgh drafts receivers better than anybody. They just know what to do there. And then at pick 54, the chiefs took sky Moore, who was the guy I wanted the Colts to take. He is so much fun to watch. Great at routes. Knows how to cut He's a small body guy, but has excellent hands. Tyreek part two. He's not that fast. He's not that kind of speed guy. He's more of like a, a smaller Michael Thomas kind of, he's like that kind of guy. He's a possession guy. But he's really tricky. He's really fun to watch. And I just know the Chiefs will use him in such a smart way. Uh, fantasy drafts look for Sky Moore next year. He'll be able to play right away and contribute right away. Cool. I thought you liked the Pickens pick because the Steelers will announce Pickett to Pickens a lot. That's going to confuse me. I'm not going <laughs> to enjoy that at all. Pick pick the pick. It's going to bother yeah. me. I'm, I'm actually... I might change my mind now. That was a bad choice. That was not good, actually. Okay. In round three, which pick did you like? I have an idea what you're going to say here. Um, you know, there are quite a few. I, I was a fan of the Houston Texans draft. Um, I think that you think I'm going to say Malik Willis to Tennessee, uh, which I did like quite a lot. Um, cause at some point I was just kind of like, okay, is this guy getting selected? Like that was, that was the big sort of uh, question on, 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 uh, on Friday night. Um, I think it's a tie between Desmond Ritter, uh, 74th overall to Atlanta, 
and Christian Harris, 75th overall to Houston. Harris is a really fun linebacker, and I love Desmond Ritter. So that was a good value for Atlanta. I'm pretty sure I said he was kind of like Marcus Mariota in my preview. And now he's so. backing up Marcus Mariota, which I think is pretty interesting. Is he, though? Is he backing him up? I think to start the year, probably. But week five, he's probably got the job. Yeah. My guess. They're going to be calling for him. Unless the Falcons start out 4-1, and one, they're going to be calling for Desmond pretty early, I think. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite pick was Nicobe Dean, obviously, the linebacker to Philly at pick 83. I couldn't believe this value. It was insane that he fell this far. We talked about that already. Uh, Malik Willis, I think, was actually a bad pick by Tennessee because I don't understand why they took him. But they need a quarterback. So here's the thing. They have Ryan Tannehill, right, who neither of us like that much. But he is so different than Ryan Tannehill, so he can't really be the backup. It has to be a completely new offense for him. They have to build it around his skill set. And I'm not sure how long that's going to take or when he'll be able to play. They're going to have to bring in a new – Yeah, like Tannehill is nothing great. But he's also a 34. Is he really? Yeah. He's not young. But do you understand this fit, though? Like, I don't understand him there. I don't love it. I kind of understand your your critique. I like the pick because I thought it was good value. And I, I felt like – Great value. 100% great. I just – I don't understand the fit. I think he's going to fail in Tennessee. Whereas if, like, 20 different teams took him, he could be really successful. Mm. He might have to sit for a couple of years. The running game with him and Derrick Henry could be terrifying, though. That would be very nightmare. fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I just – they have to be really creative, and I'm not sure this Tennessee team is known for their offensive creativity. Yeah, Take, they're pretty much a one-trick pony. Like, he won't be able – he won't play much year one for sure. I just – I'm not sure what's going to happen for him, which – and I'm rude. I like the kid. I hope he plays. I just don't know if this is the best situation for him. Okay. Uh, my other favorite pick, I love the Colts taking Jelani Woods, the tight end from Virginia. This guy is a freak athlete. He was a quarterback in high school. He's 6'7", huge wingspan. Like, he was the one guy I really liked. The Colts also took that Austrian guy who I made fun of in your mock draft for taking. So, of course, the Colts took him, a guy. <laughs> uh, I was in a rage when that happened, but... Hilarious yeah, J- Jelani Woods was good. Okay, in round four, were there any picks you really liked here? Uh, yes, there were some picks that I liked. I liked um, again, like I'm having a hard time really singling out, um, narrowing down to one. Uh, so I'm going to go with Damian Pierce to the Texans because I really liked their draft and I thought there were a lot of areas they could improve in, and they waited on taking a running back and uh, uh, Jalen Amore Davis. Um, corner uh, going to the Ravens because I think the Ravens have had some issues with the secondary in terms of uh, durability and I think that um, it gives them some depth and if they need to cut uh, Marcus Peters because he can't stay healthy, he can't stay on the field I think I think that can really help so Baltimore is a, a great draft great eye for talent and a great organization and I really like that Yeah, Mine is from round four is Baltimore as well, the Daniel Falafe uh, tackle from Minnesota. I think he can probably, he might not play year one, but he's probably their right tackle going forward in year two. Just a freak, and I and Baltimore is so smart. I also like Perion Winfrey to Cleveland in pick 108, the defensive tackle from Oklahoma. Kind of a smaller body guy, but as a defensive tackle. But I think he's really going to play. He'll be great rushing beside 
uh, Miles Garrett. Like that pick quite a bit. Okay, round five, it starts to get kind of messy here. Uh, there were still some picks I liked. I liked Khalil Shakir, the wide receiver from Boise State. I know, uh, Chris Sims had him as a top five receiver in this draft. So I think Baltimore got some pretty good value there. Uh, I didn't see too much of his tape, but I, I watched a little bit after he got drafted. And he is a really fun guy, electric, great routes. So I like that pick for, for Buffalo quite a bit. My favorite pick of this, uh, this round was the first pick, Sam Howell to the Commanders. Fifth round. Like, I think the Commanders need a quarterback. Carson Wentz is just a stopgap, obviously. I don't know if he plays the whole year. Um, just, just because of his personality. He needs to play the full year. He plays 75% of the season. The Colts get a second round pick. He needs to play the whole season, okay? Don't you, what? If he plays 75% of the year. Yeah. The Colts get a second round pick. If he plays less than that, it's a third round pick. Yeah. Don't you want the second? Yeah. I want him to play off season. I don't want Sam Howell coming in. Carson oh, okay, Wentz okay. needs to play. Okay. Okay. Right. 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 Um, sorry. Um, okay. Well, I still like the Sam Howell pick. Uh, you, you want him to rest or to sorry, not rest, sit this year. Yes. I think, I think it's great. I actually don't mind what the commanders did, uh, in this draft. I don't mind it. Um, had a very solid draft. Uh, who did they get in the first? They got Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson in the first receiver. They needed a receiver. I think they got Brian Robinson in the second and third. Running back, um, and then Sam Howell in the, in the fifth. They had a good draft. But yeah. The problem is, after the draft, everyone thinks everyone had a great draft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really uh, don't know. I think my, one of my favorite picks in the whole draft was in round six. Buffalo took Matareza, the punter from San Diego State. He had like three 80 yard punts this season. They called him the punt god. And he wasn't, he didn't have a lot of hang time, but in Buffalo, a strong leg really matters kicking through that snow and wind. So I thought that was a really good pick by, Buff- by Buffalo. I like Buffalo's draft quite a bit. I thought they did a good job. Yeah. I like, I like that it did. I like James Cook in the second. I thought that was solid. Um, I like their first back, the corner they took, Carol, Carol Elaman round one. I thought it was smart. Yeah. We both had yeah. them taking a corner round, round one and they did. They did a good job. I actually had, I didn't have them taking a corner rounder. I think it was a, a need, but I had them taking, um, uh, oh my goodness, a calendar, the back's name. Brees Hall. No, no, it wasn't Brees Hall. It was Brees Hall. Was it Brees Hall? Yeah, I'm looking at your draft. Oh, okay, have... sorry. My fault. I, I thought, I thought it was Kenneth Walker or one of those, uh, players. Okay, it was Brees Hall then. Okay. Unlike you, I'm a professional who takes copious notes on a computer like an adult. You just wanted to say copious. Um, <laughs> let me let me see who else I like. Uh, I didn't mind Carolina's draft getting a tackle and a quarterback. I didn't mind it. I I love Matt Corral. I think he's gonna play over Sam Darnold probably pretty quickly. Yeah, he's probably better. So I like he that. I like that pick. Um, they chose I, him over Baker Mayfield. There was talk could be a Baker Mayfield trade. They took Corral. And we're like, you know what, Baker, we're good. Never mind. Take rocks. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. I like I liked uh the Chiefs draft. You, you you kind of touched on it. It's guy more, but I like the Trent McDuffie pick a lot. Chiefs had a lot of holes. Still have some holes. But I, I love George Karlaftis in the end of round one. I think he got, got great value there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Brian Cook in the second. They they had 
four picks in this draft in, in the secondary. I don't know if all four of them make the team, but two of them probably start. Like Duffy and Brian Cook. Yeah, probably. They needed a lot of help there. They lost they lost a lot of bodies. Yeah. All right, Webb. Uh great draft review. I love the NFL draft. It's my favorite weekend of the year still, but it's not changed. Besides your funeral week. Um <laughs> Everybody, please go follow us on Twitter, at Rookie Phenoms. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. We are huge on verbal. Please get BDB Bezos off my back and subscribe on Amazon Podcasts. He will not stop texting me. I had to block him on WhatsApp. It's becoming a thing, Web. Well, I mean, first of all, problems, then. No, it's a, that's a real problem for anybody, okay? He's a stalker, basically. It's getting, it's getting tough. He's I'm Pete to Davidson. He's Kanye. It's crazy. Wow. He's going to see you. Um, good luck with that. I got I got lawyers on deck too. I'm not worried about that. I know, <laughs> I know some very mediocre lawyers. <laughs> uh, we'll be back on Thursday, breaking down more of the NBA playoffs. Look forward to that. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. We out.